Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, guys, you can take a seat. You can take a seat. Thanks for coming out. I know the music's probably a little bit louder than what you used to, but I'm deaf, so the music being a little bit loud is actually really good for me. So um, selfishly, I love it. How are we tonight? Good. That's good. Well, before I get started into my message, I just wanted to say thank you to the church for loving HJ and supporting us. And over the last few years, I've just noticed that we are no longer the ministry who gets blamed if the chairs are wrong. I just, I really thank you for valuing the next generation. Like, because don't underestimate them, church, because they're a generation who is ready to stand up, step out, and be set apart. So you can learn from them. I learn from them every Friday night. I, I learn, so you can learn too. So don't take them for granted because they're, they're world changers. So, yes. All right, so I don't know if you know, but this is, we're starting off a reach out series. So when we look at our church, we've got, what do we have? Look up. Guys, look up. Look up. Then we've got lean in. And then we've got reach out. All right. So Liam and I are going to be talking a bit about reach out. So when I speak at youth, I always have this thing called story time with Brit. And so it is a 5 p.m. HA youth takeover. So I thought it's only fair that you guys get to experience that too. But to keep with the theme, I'm going to call it the reach out with Brit. All right. So you ready for this segment? Now, it goes a little bit back and forth on time jump, but just stay with me, okay? If you don't get it after the service, come and ask me and I'll pray for you. All right. So, missions, we're going to go way back to Mission Sunday 2021. And God said to me, "Um, there's a world outside your window. When the time comes, go. And I thought to myself, God, that sounds a little bit like an out of your comfort zone thing. That's a bit scary. And that's not really me. And then uh, he quickly reminded me of this card that I saw when I was in New York City that said, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And I thought, okay, God, I'm listening. So most of you know me as Britt, the leader of HA, or you sometimes see me up here emceeing. But on Monday to Thursday, there is under five-year-olds, kids who know me as Brit, the girl who looks after them, and sometimes sings and dances when she probably shouldn't, um, but they love it. They're kids. No judgment with them. So all that to say, I work in childcare. And I've been in childcare for around 11 years now. And for eight of those years, I worked at a centre that I loved. I loved the people I worked with. Um, I made lots of friends there. I loved my passion for childcare, grew. It, it was great. The family, the kids, great. But around six years in, something changed. The environment changed. My passion for childcare dropped, and suddenly I didn't want to go to work anymore. And there was many times where I thought, God, this is my time to go. It's my time to go. And he kept saying to me, Be patient, stay, and learn. Now, who loves it when God says, be patient, stay, and learn? It it gets you, but you've got to listen. So, 
rewind back to 2021 when God gave me the world outside your window word. A job was advertised at a new centre called uh, Nani Young Parents and it was just up the road from where my previous job was. And God said to me when I saw it, he said, this is the time, go. So I went. I applied for the job and I got it. So let me quickly tell you about Nani Young Parents. I could spend my whole 12 minutes talking about Nani Young Parents because I love it, but I will not. When I say young parents, I'm talking about teenagers. In high school, they had a kid and now they get to go back and finish their high school education or do a bit of a TAFE course while their kids get quality early learning education. And these families, a lot of them have no one. They've grown up in the system and domestic violence households. So being able to play a part in um, changing their future and getting and imparting that belief in themselves to change the generational cycle is something that I am very grateful for. So remember when I said that I wanted to leave but God's challenged me to be patient, stay and learn? And I'm glad I did because what we do in the right now, the staying, the being patient, the learning, matters for our reach out. So here's what happened in the right now and the staying to my current reach out. I learned how to be handled being pushed out of my comfort zone. I had worked in childcare, like I said, but I had never been in a baby's room. I predominantly worked with the three to five-year-olds. And the last year of my previous center, I was shoved into the baby's room. And I love kids, love babies, but I had no idea what to do. But I learnt, I, and it was great to step out of my comfort zone and do that. And I'm glad that I did because in my current reach out, I am the room leader of the baby's room. And parents come to me and ask me questions on how I can help them assist in developmental milestones of their kids. So that was really great that I learnt in the right now. Second thing is I learn a lot about leadership. So obviously I run the youth ministry, as you all know, but... I learned how to be a better leader. I learned how to have difficult conversations with people I um, needed to speak up about. And that all of those things, the staying, the listening and the learning helped me because I just got a promotion at the start of this year and I'm assistant director at work. So I have to be Adrian's boss at youth and at work. So <laughs> prayer for her. <laughs> The other thing was I got to learn how to incorporate God into the workplace. So my old centre was a Christian centre. And for the last few years, we had um, a few uni or TAFE students come in and they weren't from Christian backgrounds. So I loved it because I was able to interact with those non-Christians. I was able to show them how we do Bible time or something. And I just knew that when we were doing those Bible times, having the worship music playing, a seed was being planted, so I loved it. And the second thing, I, my world felt really small at my previous job. I was um, worked in a Christian centre, I was in church leadership, I had Christian circle friends. These are not negative things, these are great, but I felt like when God said for me to like get step out of my comfort zone. It was like this fire lit within me. And I just thought, I need to get out of my Christian comfort zone. So when I started my job, I made friends with a girl who wasn't a Christian. And it was, it was so great. I loved it, being able to hear about her background. And I just got to be me, be who God called me to be. 
And I ended up inviting her to church and she came to church and she loved it. And I just definitely know that a seed was planted in her life and I just pray that throughout her life it continues to get watered. And the second thing, the other thing is I get to have conversations with parents and not just about their children. Like I said, a lot of them don't have many people. So being able to ask a how are you question, when someone like me or anyone I work with asks these parents, how are you, they don't have many people who do that. So it's great to be able to do that. So I've got a few little reach out stories for you. All right. So the first one is I was about six months in at work and God said to me, all right, you've got to go encourage this mum. And I thought, God, she's a little bit intimidating. I don't think I'm going to do that. But God did not stop. He didn't give me just one opportunity and he never gives us just one opportunity. He is going to keep going and going until you answer the call so that someone else can have a moment where God touches them. So once I finally said yes to God, I went and encouraged this mom and I said, hey, you're doing a great job and just spoke to her about her daughter and her response was tears, just streamed down her face. And originally I was like, God, what have you done? What have you made me do? This poor, this poor girl. But she just said, thank you. You have no idea how much this means to me. I get told the opposite all the time. And I was so glad that I listened to God. And another reach out story is I got the opportunity to go to chapel. So they have a chapel there. They don't do music. They just have a chaplain sit there and talk to them and about God. How great. So I was asked to go along to chapel one day. And I was actually having a really tough week that week. I was struggling emotionally. And I just felt I don't have the energy but I went, and as I was sitting there looking around the room and seeing these young mums from broken homes listening about God and how he loves them, God said to me, if life had turned out the way you wanted it to be, you wouldn't be here to see this moment. And a few moments later, the chaplain asked anyone if they wanted to know more about God. And this mum, who I'd previously encouraged in front of everyone, she put her hand up and said, I want to know more. I even invited a parent to church and she came along on Easter Sunday with her, with her family. And God, God's great because he, the mum that I asked to come along, I actually had her, um, her sister grew up coming to youth ministry. So like it was just amazing to see that the seed was already planted and then in the future here she was in church. So, how does that reach out with Brit's segment relate to this theme? Here's some points. First one, you don't need to be in a position of leadership running a ministry or at work, or you don't need to be changing career or going into a new season to reach out. What you do in the right now is a part of your reach out. So, my question to you is, what can you do in the reach out? Because my second point is that a reach out starts with a relationship. It starts with a hello. It starts with a genuine, how are you? So you just gotta listen to the still small voice of God. The third one, if you look up, have that personal relationship with God, lean in, be a part of the church, serve. 
then you are guaranteed there will be a reach out. Fourth one, your reach out doesn't just redirect someone else's world, but it redirects us back to the Towards Christ mission. The last one. I was preparing my message for youth on Friday night and the theme is fear to freedom. And I was trying to separate them and be like this one Friday night, this one Sunday night. But it wasn't until yesterday afternoon when I was putting, finalizing this, God said you can't separate them because what he was saying to me was that when we reach out, there is often an element of fear, but freedom lives on the other side of your fear. Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. When we know our reach out purpose, it allows for a fear to freedom moment in not just our lives, but others as well. And we do this because the verse has said, we are called to proclaim freedom for the captives. So I want to leave you with this thought. What can you do in the right now? Because your right now can start with relationships with people. And do not let fear stop you from a freedom in the future. Don't let fear hold you back. Because someone else needs you to choose freedom and faith over fear so that then they have the capacity to choose freedom and faith over fear. So that's all I have to say. And now I'm going to intro Liam to you. Um, Liam is an amazing leader. He is a great storyteller. We all sit around on a Friday night and we can just listen to Liam's stories about how he loves the football and laying turf and house renos, anything, he's passionate about it. But although Liam is passionate about chanting one more song when it's after nine o'clock, he does it because he's passionate about the youth ministry having fun. And I know, Liam, you've gone overseas a few times and come back and I just wanted to say there's a purpose for where you're placed in every season and in every season and wherever God places you, just keep being passionate, keep answering his call because you're already changing people's lives. So thanks, Liam. Hey, can we give it up for Britt one more time? Um, I just want to say thank you, Britt, for leading our team so well, uh, for all that you invest in youth, all that you've sacrificed, so we honour you, and thank you, and thank you, church, for having us, uh, for having HA Youth, and for believing in us, and thank you, uh, Pastor Roz and the leadership team, for this opportunity. HA, how are you doing out there? All right, we're live. That's all right. You can talk back. All right. Usually I have to tell you guys to be quiet. Tonight I need to tell you to talk up, but that's okay. Uh, tonight I've titled my message, Unashamed, Sharing the Power of the Gospel. And we're going to read a passage from Romans chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. And there's going to be three things that we can draw from this passage that we can be when reaching out. All right. So here Paul's writing about his desire to come to the church in Rome. Uh, and we're going to look at these three things. Verse 15 says, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. A side note here, he was talking to the church, right? The church needs to hear the gospel too. We need it for our own souls. 
So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, right? This is the part everyone knows. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So first thing I want us to be is to be eager. Say it to someone you're with, say, be eager. Be eager, be eager for the chicken nuggets that are to come. Paul said, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Now, if you've talked with me for more than two minutes, and if I like you, okay, I've probably told you about John. Some of you are realizing I might not like you. No, I've probably told you about John. Uh, you might be expecting an amazing testimony here. You'd be disappointed. All right, I eat Chinese food about four to five times a week, as you can tell by this physique, all right? And uh, I know you're thinking, Liam, that's not healthy, but I don't eat just any Chinese food, okay? I go and see a man called John who cooks the most amazing Chinese food known to man, right? And I just tell everyone about his beef brisket pot because it is, it is so good, all right? Some of you are really hungry now. But see, Paul was eager to preach the gospel, he wasn't waiting. He was actively seeking ways to reach out to those around him. His heart was burdened to share the good news. So what can we do, Macquarie? We can look for opportunities to reach out, uh, whether that's through maybe casual conversation, building relationships, in serving, right, in, in helping the hurting. Whatever that is, look for opportunities to reach out. And in that, steer your conversations towards spiritual things. All right, Paul's eagerness meant he wasn't happy just talking about the day-to-day or the fun things that were going on. But no, he wanted to shift the conversation to things that really mattered. He wanted to shift the conversation to talk about the gospel. You know, Dan spoke a great message this morning, which you can hear online. In it, he he talked about finding the person of peace from Luke chapter 10, where Jesus sends out his disciples on a missionary journey. And we can look for that person. Look for what is a person of peace. That's someone in your world who's, who's open and receptive to hear the gospel. So be on the lookout for them. And finally, pray for opportunities, right? Pray uh, for opportunities that God would open doors for you to reach out. And and pray that their hearts would be soft when you share with them. So what are we going to do? We're going to be eager, be eager. That's right. Next thing we're going to do is be unashamed. We keep reading. Paul says, for I am unashamed of the gospel. He wasn't ashamed. Watch this. Paul had been in prison whipped and beaten by Jewish leaders. He was stoned and left for dead, mocked, ridiculed, went through poverty, called a blasphemer, lawbreaker, but he was unashamed. Well, I hear what you're asking me tonight, HA. Why might Paul have been ashamed of the gospel? Why could he have been? Well, here's, here's three reasons Paul could have been ashamed of the gospel, right? He could have been ashamed because he'd called the world guilty before God. Uh, Later in Romans 2, we see that Paul says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Paul's message was, hey, everyone has actually broken God's law and in that are separated from him. Uh, Maybe it was because he was going to Rome uh, and Rome was a city full of intellects and and Paul's message wasn't exactly uh, intellectually friendly. 
All right, the Bible says that uh, the cross is foolishness to the wise, but it's the power of God for those who are being saved. Or, or maybe it was because Paul's message, the gospel was that salvation, righteousness, to be right with God only comes through faith. And that might have annoyed the religious leaders at the time who wanted to try to earn their way and, and work their way to be right with God. But come on, Paul didn't make any excuses. Uh, Paul didn't hide behind fear or shame, but he chose to be unashamed. He chose to reach out. And Macquarie, we've all been in situations where it's easier to stay quiet than to reach out. Now, one time I was also in New York and I was flying back to Dallas uh, and it's a four hour flight. So I decided I was going to reach out to whoever I was sat with, right? They couldn't easily get away. This was a great plan. Uh, so I sat there in my middle seat or, or whatever it was. And, and here came the, I was looking, who might I sit next to? And it was, it was a Muslim man that I was sat next to. And instantly I thought, oh, God, I, I, he probably doesn't want to hear the gospel, right? I was filled with fear and I came up with 101 reasons not to reach out. I was intimidated, but I decided I was going to be unashamed. So I asked the man about his faith and what he believed in. And, and for about an hour, he shared with me all, all he had to share about, about his faith and, and Islam. And after that time had passed, he said, hey, what do you believe in? I said, thank you for asking. Um, and I was, able, I was able to share the gospel with him. Uh, and we sat there and read the Bible for the next three hours. Uh, and when we landed, he was so amazed uh, with the Word of God. He, he downloaded the Bible app and said, I want to get to know more about the God of the Bible. See, Macquarie, I want to tell you tonight to be bold. Look past what people uh, might think of you. Uh, look past what they might say about you, what they might do or how they might react, but reach out and share with them. You know, you're only responsible for the sharing. It, it's God who does the saving. Uh, think about what might be bringing you shame? If we can get real for a second, why you might not want to reach out. Paul could have had his list. What's your list? Maybe it's, I'm not good enough of a Christian. Maybe it's, I don't know enough of, of the word. Uh, maybe it's, um, you know, what, what will they think? But it doesn't matter. You know, the Bible says God uses the foolish things to shame the wise, the weak vessel to shame the strong. All right, it doesn't matter your intellect, how much of the Bible you can quote. Yes, we want to be growing in these things. It doesn't matter how perfect you are. Spoiler alert, none of us are. No, but you can reach out and God will use you. I remember church, everyone's hurting. You know, sometimes when it comes to reach out, I think, oh God, they seem all right. They seem like they've got it together. But can I tell you, you know, the world does a great job at, at, at looking like they have it together, at, at putting up a great facade, but, but deep down, the world is a hurting and broken place, and you have a message of hope. So regularly step out. You know, don't overanalyze it. I call it paralysis analysis, right? You overanalyze it all, and you stay uh, talking yourself out of it. But no, each time God prompts you, uh, step out. Each time you see an opportunity, step out of your comfort zone. As our leader Brit says, step out of your comfort zone 
and into your calling. All right, glory to God. Finally, we're going to be confident. Paul says that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. You know, each and every Friday night, we get to come here and witness a whole bunch of youth transformed by the power of the gospel. You know, I can tell you it's not our, uh, it's not our amazing worship. Uh, it's not the fun games. It's not the preaching. It's not even the chicken nuggets. No, it's the power of the gospel that sees these lives transformed. And, you know, we see youth, they might come in hurting, confused, lost with a lack of identity, but they don't leave the same way. No, each and every Friday night, they're filled with hope. They're filled with identity. They're filled with purpose. They're set apart and saved. And it is by the power of the gospel. See, Paul doesn't say the gospel has power. What does he say? He says the gospel is power. And I want to reframe your thinking maybe tonight. I don't know what you believe about the gospel, but the gospel isn't just good advice. Uh, it's not just a, a wise thing to follow. Uh, it's not how to live a better life or a hundred steps to positive thinking. No, the gospel is what comes in and rescues the gospel is what comes in and saves. It's what redeems. It's what picks you up when no one can. It comes in and reconciles you to God. It saves you from death and delivers you to abundant life. So what can we do to be confident? We can shift our reliance from our own ability to the limitless power of God. In reaching out, shift it from your own skills and ability to the limitless power of God. Be confident, church, knowing that it's God who works through you. And can I tell you, He wants to reach the world even more than you do. He wants to reach those loved ones that you want to reach even more than you do. When reaching out practically, focus on the person of Jesus. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to Christianity, but focus on the person of Jesus, specifically His life, death, and resurrection and what that means for them. And finally, share stories. Share stories of the time you've seen the power of God in your own life, a, a time he's, he's answered prayer, a time He's pulled through with a miracle and share your testimony. Share what happened when you surrendered your life to Him. Uh, share how you were transformed and what you saw. So what are we going to do, church? We're going to be eager. We're going to look for opportunities to reach out. We're going to be unashamed. Come on, we're not going to stay in fear. We have a gospel that's too good. And finally, we're going to be confident. Be confident knowing that the power of God works through you. And you know, a few years um, before my dad got sick, he started diving deeper into his faith. Uh, he'd been on and off, on and on, on and on, off and on, again, Christian, however that goes, for a while. But he decided to start getting stuck in, learning more about God, being transformed uh, into his image. And then all of a sudden, he got diagnosed with a terminal illness. All of a sudden, life seemed really short. 
And you know, what happened in that moment was his priorities shifted. No longer was he fixated on earthly things, the day-to-day. No, he was looking towards Jesus. All of a sudden, the power of the gospel and his need for it was so much more apparent. It wasn't this far-off thing of one day I'll go to be with Jesus. No, it was in the forefront of his mind. And my dad had always been a bit of an evangelist, but he liked to just share through doing good deeds. Uh, because, you know, he'd, he'd lived a life full of sin and shame and he thought, oh, I can't really step out confidently and boldly for the gospel. Oh, but that didn't matter anymore. No, he was unashamed for the gospel. And if he got a hold of you for more than two minutes, he wasn't telling you about John's Chinese. No, he would look you in the eye and he'd say the same thing over and over. He'd say, believe in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Believe in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. You know, he was so confident in the power of the gospel and its realness that it didn't matter what anyone might think or say. He didn't care. He was willing to look a fool to the world to see those in his world, those that he interacted with, saved, set free. And I want to pray for you, church, tonight. If you say, I don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. I don't don't want to leave it up to someone else. I've got loved ones that I want to reach with the gospel. I want to reach those in my world with the good news of Jesus. I want to step up and step out for what I believe in. God, here I am. Use me. I want to pray for you. I want to pray uh, for the spirit of boldness to come on you. I want to pray that God would light a fire in your heart for the loss, that He would burden you to reach out. So if that's you, I want you to raise your hand to God and say, God, I want to be set apart. And you know, I had a word uh, for some of you young guys here tonight. He said, that's not, uh, it's, it's not in the future that you're going to reach out. No, you're going to reach out right now. You're going to reach out to your schools, your friends, and even your families, right? Some of you, your families are going to be changed by your reach out. So we're going to pray. If that's you, you say, God, I want that, I want, I want that fire to come upon me. I want to be, be willing and bold to reach out to those around me. Then why don't you lift up your hand to God as I pray. Father, I thank you that you want to reach a broken and hurting world. And right now, God, I pray for everyone here that says, God, I want to be used by you. I don't want to focus on the the worldly things, the mundane things, but no, I want to be set apart and set on fire for you. Use me, God. Fill me with your boldness, Holy Spirit. Uh, Let me step out in opportunities to reach my world. Father, right now, I pray that you'd begin to to put, uh, put people on their minds, put people on their hearts that they can reach out to. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And finally, church, before I go, Mark 2, verse 17, Jesus is sitting with a whole bunch of uh, wild people who didn't have it all together. And the religious people question him, like, hey, why, how can you do that? And he says to them, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. I haven't come to save the righteous, but sinners. And I want to ask you tonight, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you surrendered your life to Him? You know, tonight you've heard what the power of the gospel can do. 
You've heard that it can transform. You've heard that it can set free. You've heard that it can redeem. And you've heard about the person called Jesus, that He came, lived a perfect life that you couldn't live, that He died on a cross the death that you deserved, and that He rose again in victorious life for you. And He wants to spend the rest of your life with you. You know, He's got great things planned. So I wanna ask you tonight, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Like I mentioned before, how you do that is by putting your faith in Him. It's not by anything you do. Uh, it's not by being, being better or being perfect. No, He came for you right now as you are. So church, I just wanna ask you to close your heads and bow your eyes. Bow your heads and close your eyes. That'll work better. And this is the moment between you and God. You say, God, tonight I wanna give my life to you. I tried living my own way and it didn't work. God, I tried doing my own thing and I'm still hurting, I'm still broken. Tonight I wanna surrender completely to you. Come and have your way in me. Come and fill me with your spirit. I just want you to pop your hand up and give me a wave. And we're going to pray together. Awesome. Awesome. See up the back as well. Down here at the front. Anyone else? I'll wait a little moment longer. Awesome. That's great. Hey, church, well, why don't you pray this with me in your hearts? And for those people who said, yes, I want to receive Jesus, and you believe this in your heart at this moment. God, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son to die for me. And tonight I say, Jesus, I believe in you and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. God, I hold nothing back. Come and transform my life. I'll serve you all the rest of my days. And I thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, can you give a round of applause to everyone who made that decision? We're so happy for you, and we'd love for you to come and have a chat with any one of the leaders you saw or the leaders that are here tonight. Uh, we want to give you a Bible and uh, share with you how we might be able to help you on this journey. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit mccroylifechurch.com.au.